Hey, I just started an Etsy store. It's a place where people sell art. Everything I do on there is handmade. Everything is original, straight from my head. I'm sure y'all will like it. You know, I'm keeping the prices reasonable. I ain't trying to bust nobody head or nothing. So, if y'all can go through and support, appreciate it, man. Thank y'all so much for all the support now. The link to the shop is right down here in the comment box. I'm going to put it right there and pin it right up top. So right where you see the top comment at, click the link to the shop right there. And I'm also got the link down here in the description box under the video. Appreciate y'all, man. Make sure you like the video. Ring the bell. Only 22% of people have uh, rung the bell. Let's show YouTube that we love hood whore. <laughs>
I did all I could to keep stringing them along and always thought of them as my little pretty little puppets. Some of the girls was different than the others though. Some of them came from some really broken homes and some of them just wanted to be wild and get back at their protective parents. And I learned how to talk to each one of them different and how to get them to tell me where their issues were. But at the same time, to look past the issues when they was with me, when they was with Young Sweets. That's why they called me, you know, that's what they called me, Young Sweets. I was smoother than silk and slick as baby oil. I always had on fresh jabos, some J's, a pellet. I was always the best dressed boy in the whole hood. Now where I got the money was, you know, I taught my girls to steal. I had them steal from their family, steal from their friends, from the stove, from their school, from their boyfriends. It did not matter. Just when I see you, have something for me. And the ones who work little jobs and stuff, they come to me every time they got paid and gave me a piece of their check. And I never really tried to push one girl too far, but just get enough from them to help me get what I needed. And when one of the old school guys found out I had ambitions to be a pimp, he said the best advice he can give me is, Man, you can skin the sheep multiple times, but you can only slaughter it once. I would sit with the older guys sometime and listen to them spit facts between each other. And all they talked about was money, how to get money, how to spend money, how important money is to everything. And when they weren't talking about money, they talked about women, how to get women, how to spend time with them, and how important women is to everything. This is when I realized I was in the best business in the world. I had them both right in the palm of my hands. And that meant I can have all these Negroes in the hood eating out the palm of my hands. And I really started making money when I had the girls selling a little weed for me. You know, mostly they sold to other females because a lot of women hated buying from men. And they sold to family members and friends a lot too. And you'd be surprised how many of your old uncles and aunties and stuff smoke. <laughs> and they don't like going out to them young boys to go get it. Most of the time, you know, they wanted to get it from somebody they knew they could trust. You know, made my job or they job real easy. And then now and then I let them keep most of the money, maybe even all of it if it helped me keep the mind control over them. And I wasn't no real tough guy or nothing, so I never pushed them to hustle for real, for real. Because if they got robbed and wanted me to go get their revenge, there's <laughs> a good chance I was going to get my butt whooped. And I ain't been working these women for long, but I've been doing it long enough to know that if they see me catch a beat down, I lose them. And if anything did happen, I would usually find some crackhead with a little muscle on them, give them about $20 to go and teach mugs a lesson. And most of the time, they didn't even know why some sweaty guy and a dingy wife beater busting them over the head with a pipe. But I always made it a point to tell the girls that I set it up. Eventually, I had to deal with the girls going to jail, getting into it with their boyfriends and being caught in the car with a couple grams or something on them. You know, nothing major, but at the same time, I have to go to the jail and bail them out. And sometimes if they ended up in jail after not listening to me, I let them stay in there for a little while until they learned their lesson. This pimping thing ain't no joke, boy. It's ugly all the time.
it wasn't long before they really started prostituting themselves out. Honestly, uh, I prostituted them out. It was scary for them at first, man. Going in the cars and dark and quiet places with guys they don't know. I was just as scared as they was, but I'd never let them know. I had to stay smooth and sweet, baby. <laughs> I sit in my car watching them from a distance, hoping that nothing crazy would happen. Hoping that the low life guy in the car with them would keep it professional. And if he didn't, I'd have to see about him. And if I didn't handle him, I'd lose my girls. I know it's only a matter of time until I gotta hurt somebody, so I kept a pistol on me and a metal bat. I like that metal bat because I can get a good quick swing to the kneecap. And it's something about that aluminum bat, man. You could beat a man for an hour into it and not kill him. And like I knew, it wasn't long before I had to see about one of these guys. This guy who I knew was trouble from the moment he pulled up. He was sitting in some old raggedy four-cylinder Ford and he was all twisted up in the front seat. He was trying hard to look normal, but you could tell this guy was a lifelong loser. Usually the girls don't mess with me, you know, when they was doing their thing, but for people like him, they gave them very vibes. And they called me over and want me to introduce myself. And I pull up and drive by slow, looking the guy right in his eyes, with my eyes buck wide, looking crazy. And this guy was a loser, but he was slick with it, though. He'd come by twice a day for like two weeks and always paid up front and had a lot of respect for the girls. And after a while, it was only one girl he wanted to be with. And he wanted to be with her so bad, he pulled a gun on her and made her drive his piece of crap car out of to some abandoned house about 20, 30 minutes away. The girls knew that he was no good, they told me, but I never listened to them because I knew it myself. Sometimes you can just look in a person's eyes and tell that they ain't no good. The girl that he kidnapped was my bottom trick. That means that she was the one out of all the girls who was supposed to hold me down the hardest. She was a mama figure to the other girls, even though they was all about the same age. And the other girls started freaking out because they felt if something could happen to her, then anything could happen to any of them. And I had to do my best and try to keep them calm. Let them know that she probably just got into it with the guy and her phone probably died or maybe even her mama died and she had to go see about her. Whatever it took to get them to relax. But eventually, three days went by and none of the girls was officially freaking out. And I didn't know what to do because I couldn't call the police. What was I going to tell them? My woman who was kidnapped by a guy that was paying her for a good time. And by the time they got done asking questions, I'd be in cuffs. And I felt a pressure I never felt since I'd been in the game. It was all day, every hour, every minute, every second. And the girls refused to work the streets and wouldn't even answer the phone when I called. And I had been driving around for the last few days, just hoping to see her standing on the corner somewhere. Just working, trying to bring home enough money to make up for her being gone for so long. I told the girls that she probably just wanted to get away. You know, she probably got tired of the life. She had been with me since the beginning. And she couldn't bring herself to say goodbye. She didn't want to let the other girls down either. So, you know, she knew they needed her, especially for the times when they needed her to stand up against me.
And I listen to her sometimes if it made sense, but sometimes I still wouldn't listen, no matter how much sense it made, just to keep them on their toes. But now all the games I play on them mean nothing. All they do is make me feel guilty that I played them in the first place. The thought of calling the police was on my mind, burning into my brain, but I knew I couldn't do that. If I call the police now, what's going to happen the next time some drama pops off? I can't let these girls think that the police is, is the answer to our problems. The police is trouble. Nothing good comes from them. And I know you folks out there judge me, but how could you just let her disappear like that without even trying to find her for real? What if she is in pain somewhere? What if she's somewhere suffering? But she knew the risk. At least that's what I, you know, I tell myself trying to make me feel better, but it never works. I only feel worse and worse. But for all I know is that I, you know, call the police and they show up and arrest me and blame me for her disappearing. I love her. I can admit that. But I ain't ready to go to jail for her. I love her, but I love this money more. <laughs> See, when you're in the streets, you got to keep your head in the game. You don't have time for emotions. You got to stay locked in because this is the perfect chance for my girls to get swiped up by some other little boy out here thinking he pimping. And once my girls jump ship, most likely they all going to follow. And I got to find her, even if she did, at least the other girls have some closure so they can, you know, get all they crying out and get back to business, man. I act hard, but I wanted to cry so bad, man. I wanted to, you know, just at least just let a tear or two drop just to remind myself that I'm human. And the truth is, I'm less than human. And I know that. I can accept that. I live with that. But as evil as I am, though, there's something out here that's worse than me. There's something out here that, you know, um, you know, because here, you know, there's something out here that's way worse than me. You know, there's some of these guys out here that pimp these girls straight gorilla. Now, my homie, he was nothing like me. They call him Boots. And not just because he always have a pair of nice boots on. But because he was quick to put the boot to any of his girls that gave him any troubles at all. He didn't even let the girls get him eye contact unless he instructed them to. Now that guy was a monster. That was a demon. I'm bad, but I ain't that evil. You know, I ain't evil. I, you know, shoot, I think I'm bad, but you know. My girls love me and I love them. And most importantly, they love going out in the streets and making money for me. Now, I tried to get the girls to come back, but they wouldn't. They kept saying that I couldn't protect them and that they'd be better off messing with one of them older guys that knew how to protect their girls. And they made fun of me for not having, um, you know, like not having, a, 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 you know, a couple of guys that was willing to go bust heads for me and stuff like that. You know, but they, they said I had to get crackheads to do. You know, they were seeing through me. They were seeing through me. They saw that that little pistol I had, I only had uh, a dang couple of bullets for it, man. They knew I barely knew how to use that money. They started seeing through me, man. <sighs> I lost my girls, and nobody would respect me anymore. 
So I knew I had to go get some new girls. And I told them all that they can get gone. And I'll find me some women who ready to make some real money. I blocked them on the phone. And I made my way to the streets find me somebody else. I knew this one girl who was beefing with her daddy. Her pops had just got out of jail after doing like 10 years and he came to the house on 10, trying to tell her what to do and who she could hang out with and all that, but she wasn't trying to hear it. She spent the last 10 years barely listening to her mama and she sure wasn't finna listen to no man that just, you know, been in jail for the last 10 years. He ain't even know how to use Facebook. <laughs> so as far as she was concerned, he couldn't tell her nothing. And I had been working on her for a while now, little by little, just chipping away at her brain. And all I needed was to get her hooked on something. I ain't know if it was going to be weed or pills. But I knew it would be one or the other. The weed would went over in a few weeks. But them pills would have her eating out of my hand in a day or two. I just got to get her away from my daddy. And getting them away from daddy is easy. You'd think that a man who planted the seed in their mama, the man responsible for their birth, would have more control over them. But the call of the streets, the call of the wild, is too loud for these girls to ignore, too captivating for them to resist. And all it takes is a hint of curiosity to hook them. And once those hooks get in, they're in for life. No one ever really recovers from this lifestyle. Even the ones who find God still look over their shoulders, scared to run into one of the worthless guys they spent so much time with back in the day. Scared he'll see them with their new families and tear down the paper wall they built. This girl went for the weed. It was easy. Just a ride in the car, some chicken wings and some fries, and a blunt to wash it all down. I even showed her how to roll it up herself. She thought it was so cool, man. <laughs> See, rap music make my job so easy. All the stuff I introduced them to, the same stuff they've been listening to since they was old enough to talk. After a while, she was on the pills and now the real addiction was kicking in. Now she wanted more, but Young Sweets was the type that teached you how to fish, not fish for you. I had, you know, I had her sell some pills at the old folk home. She had an auntie that stayed in there, so it gave her a good excuse to why she came by every day. And she didn't have to jump through, you know, hoops anymore from the doctors to get them their pills they wanted. Or try to buy weed from the young boys who's all too happy to leave with their money and never come back with the stuff. They just bought it from her. It took about a month, but I finally had her ready to work the streets for real, for real. But I was a lot more careful with the way... You know, that she saw the men. Uh, I'd book a room and had the guys come in there instead of, you know, letting them ride around in cars with my girls. It was better because I had more control. And any guy that wouldn't want to do it that way, I just simply told him to go away. And if I had to tell him twice the second time, I used the pistol to, to persuade him a little bit more. It was getting a lot easier and the girls felt safer since they were in the hotel. I had to pay the staff big money though, but every business got a little overhead. <laughs> it's all just part of the game. But I was finally happy on a day to day basis. I could just sit back in my car and relax all night and collect my money in the mornings. It was sweet. But when you in the streets, it's never gonna be peace for a long time. Just some moments here and there. 
One night on a slow night, I was sitting in my car with the moonroof open, looking at the tall buildings. Nobody was outside, and usually this era, area was swarming with the lowlifes, but tonight it was quiet as the country. And I started to fall asleep, and I saw somebody walking up from down the street. I could tell it was a female, and I got on edge and grabbed my gun right away because it was like 3 in the morning. And ain't too many women finna be walking late at night. You know, unless they up or something. I was nervous in the mug watching her walk towards my car. And then I busted into tears when I saw her face. They called me Young Sweets. I gave myself that name. And it didn't take long to learn how to be a pimp. All I had to do was learn to be cold and learn to be patient. I had to learn to be so cold that I didn't even recognize myself anymore. I had to learn to look at people like dollars. I had to figure out how far I could push somebody and how long I could push them. And at the end of the day, don't care whether or not I'm pushing or already pushed them too far. It took a while, but I taught myself how not to love the people around me. Yeah, I loved them, but I know how far to push them. And I know how far to push myself. Sometimes I feel myself loving them too much. And I apply more pressure to them until they mess up. Then I have a reason to be mad at them. Then when I would get mad at them and punish them, I feel sorry for them and fall in love with them all over again. I wasn't so cold that I didn't care about them. I was cold enough to care about them and still hurt them. But everybody who was in the game knows it's not personal. <laughs> but that's a lie. We tell ourselves to be able to stomach the dirt that we do. You'll be surprised how many street folks believe in God. But as my grandma told me, the Bible says even the devil believes in God and trembles. This night I was trembling like I never had before. It was her. She looked different, but it was her. Her hair was messy. Her clothes was rags. Her skin was dirty. Her eyes were scary. She looked at me, but she looked through me. Like she wasn't scared of letting her sweets down, but now she was weak but stronger than she ever been, stronger than I ever could be. I got out the car and I wanted to hug her, but I was scared of her. I've been scared of folks before in my life, like we all have, but nothing like this. There was blood all over her, like fresh blood. I could smell it loud, proud, smell like metal. She asked me, did I look for her? Did I call the police? Did I contact her family? Did I even care or did I move on? And I couldn't get no words out. I thought it was fake in movies when people say that they pinched themselves to see if they was dreaming, but it's real, cause I tried it. I know that it was months. It went by. I don't even know how many months. I know it was no way that I was really sitting here looking at her, but I was.
this was her. She told me that she killed him. She said it took a long time until she had the chance, but she finally got the chance. He had her locked in a basement. He had built like a cell down there, hidden behind a wall. He fed her good shrimp, lobster, and steak, but he treated her like a dog at the same time. He would try to get close to her, but never could because she would kick, scratch, bite, and whatever else she had to do to get away from, get him away from her. And all she would say is that, and he would just say that she would break sooner or later. And that he had all the time in the world. She said one day he messed around and got impatient and came at her real hard. And with all that fighting him off, she said she did push-ups and squats and sit-ups. All she did is sit in her cell and worked out. And she was finally ready to take him on. And she caught him slipping and said she cracked him in the chin. And he slipped and fell forward and hit his head on the wall. She said soon as he went down, she took her whole body weight and jumped up and came down on that man's head. And say she she say she did it over and over and over and over until he let out like this big like like holler like this death scream or something. Said she was in straight up rage mode. And when she heard that scream, it kind of snapped her out of her. And she went and got the keys from his pocket that he had like tied up around his waist or something. And you know I'm listening to her talking. I was shaking. And I couldn't even look her in the eyes. And then she started crying, and I started crying with her. As soon as I saw her busting the tears, man came right behind her, man. I can't remember the last time I cried like this. I probably never had, to tell you the truth. All those years, all those fears, all those tears all coming down at me coming down all at one time I laid in the streets with my arms wrapped around her feet crying so hard I couldn't even see the next day I had her show me where the guy lived it was a neighborhood with more abandoned houses than occupied ones and a few people who were outside looked like they were in their own world. They never even reacted to the car passing them. And she didn't want to see the house, so I left her at a restaurant not too far away. And when I got to the block, I stopped a few houses down in front of an empty lot and made my way to the house. I was scared, not because the guy was physically intimidating, but knowing that someone is psycho enough to lock a woman in his basement was extremely mentally intimidating I didn't go to the front but cut down through another house and made my way to the back and I walked up to the back porch with my hand in my pocket my pistol in my hand and I looked through the windows and the door and they had some kind of like old raggedy tent on them looked like just garbage bags or something you know it looked like it. you know this guy was really wanted some privacy man you can just the place had bars on the windows so you know in a regular neighborhood if people actually paid attention they'd have realized something might be up but in the hood 
it's understandable why you might have bars and privacy screens and stuff on your windows. So everything was locked and barred, like I say. So I couldn't even get in, even if I busted the windows. So I stepped off the porch from the porch and walked around to the sides. And on one side, I sink the door inside of the porch. And it almost looked like a hidden door, but it was closed. And you wouldn't even know if it was there if it was closed. If it was closed, you wouldn't know if it was there. So I took the pistol out and peeked in. This must have been where she escaped from. And I felt all the fear she felt. I felt dirty. I felt lost. And I made my way through the door and saw a small door that led to the basement. And it was wide open too. This is it. This is where she escaped from. This is the the, the dirt, the cobwebs, and the darkness, and the mold that she crawled through. And I knew it was my fault. But now I know just how evil I truly am. And I finally convinced myself to go in that, in that basement. And I made up my mind that no matter who pop out, they're getting shot, period. And that's the bottom line. And I walked around looking for signs of that psycho man. And eventually I found another secret door that led to this room with big metal doors like prison cells. And all the doors was closed except for one. And the one that was open must have been hers. And I walked to that door and looked in and that's when I saw him. Uh, when I saw what was left of him. I don't know what it's like to have to fight for my life. But what I do know is that now I see just how desperate, uh, just what a desperate person is capable of. She told me um, that she stopped when she heard him scream out, but she lied. His head was nothing but a pile of meat. Blood was everywhere, brains, skull, teeths. Teeths was everywhere. Everything was everywhere. She was always a tough girl, but not like this. This was some real animal stuff. This was some sick stuff. You know, I was lucky enough to never seen no stuff like this before. But in this case, I was unlucky. And I threw up bed. I threw up all over that room. All up on the guy feeding everything. I don't know why I really came. I guess I came to make sure he was dead. And if he wasn't dead, I was going to have to kill him. You know, he did take my whole business from me when he took my bottom trick. I'm sure I would have killed him. And I couldn't walk away from him. Just seeing him like this was disgusting. But at the same time, it was the most amazing thing I ever seen. It was so crazy that it made me feel guilty, like truly guilty. It's been times when I feel a little bad, but right now I was fully hurting for these girls. I thought back to when we was in school. She was such a girly girl, man, a sweet girl. You know, she could rough somebody up a little bit if she had to and all that, but she hated confrontation. I picked her because she was so good at calming tough situations down. And now look what I turned her into. Something worse than a savage. And I finally snapped out of it and closed the door to the room he was in. And I looked at the other doors and sink one arm was closed. And I walked up to it and looked through the slit. And I sinked another girl. 
She was laying in the middle of the floor and I opened the door and walked to her. And she was chained up and I wanted to wake her up. But I took my time because she was probably going to be confused or something if she woke up. And after shaking her foot a little bit, she woke up and moved back from me. But when she looked up and saw my face, her body language changed real quick. She asked me for help and I unchained her and helped her, you know, and led her out of the room. And on the way out, I stopped and opened the door with my baby to story that guy. And when she saw him, she started laughing and crying and laughing again. The worst part about all of this is while I was saving her, all I could think about is that she must have been a prostitute too. I wonder what her pimp was doing. I wondered if he was tearing up the streets looking for her or if he had just accepted that she was gone like I eventually did. And I closed the secret door to his real life torture chamber and slid a big shelf with tools and stuff over it in front of it. And I wanted to talk to the police so bad. <sighs> but I ain't nobody hero. It ain't my style, it ain't the, the way of the streets. My baby already got her revenge. So I guess as far as the streets concerned, it's over with. It messed with me knowing that this secret hellhole would die right here. Something so bad and brutal would never be known. Even if somebody else bought the house, it was a good chance they would never think to check the basement wall behind the shelves to see if it was a secret space behind them. Maybe one day when they tear the house down in the neighborhood, they'll get taken over by white folks moving in. Maybe somebody will see the bones and the bits of fried chicken I threw up all over them. This new girl was shook, and my girl was shook too, but the new girl wasn't able to barely even talk, man. I, you know, still couldn't even figure out how long she was gone. I kept asking her, you know, if she wanted to go to the hospital or even the police, and she'd get mad just at the thought of it. You know, folks don't understand why black folks don't, you know, why we got so much drama with the police. It ain't just because a few deaths that you know, you see on the news and all that. It's the bad memories from when you was a teenager. Under your first arrest and you find out that an officer could do whatever he wanted to do with you. And there ain't nothing you can do about it. Anything he could do with anybody you loved. And there wasn't nothing y'all could do about it. I stopped pushing the issue and realized that sooner or later when the scars heal, she'll be able to talk about it. And the girls was putting, you know, in work for me. Real supportive with helping me get the two, you know, the two of them back on their feet. They helped me get them back pretty. Helped them get new clothes and all that stuff. You know, all that stuff to make a woman feel like a woman. But my bottom chick, she wasn't the same. She used to be real vocal. Always spoke her mind. But now she barely had anything to say. And when she did speak, she was real soft about it. Almost like she was trying to pick her words real careful. I didn't take her out to work, but she would ride in the car with me whenever I rode around to check things out. 
and she eventually started taking charge with the girls a little bit by little bit, but she had never let me hear what she told them. They always would go on and weigh and talk in whispers and whatever the girls was mad about would instantly be gone. And she took all the drama out of my stable with a few quick convos. And I never asked her what she was saying. The way I looked at it was, after what she'd been through, she automatically had everybody respect. I know she had mine for a fact. And the rundown hotel that we ran our business out of had a nice big suite. And I stayed in that, and all the girls would come in early in the morning and get some sleep after a hard night's work. And I always wake up to see my bottom chick doing push-ups, squats, sit-ups, lifting the couch and chairs and whatever she could get our hands on. And then she'd like be punching and kicking the air. And everything she did was violent. This wasn't just no workout. This was like preparation. She was waiting on a day for another man that would try something like that to her. And I had a feeling that any man that came out her wrong, in the slightest way, was going to catch a beat down from here. She used her money to go buy weights. and It was crazy. She was getting stronger and stronger. But I felt like I was getting weaker and weaker. And the new girl was starting to warm up some. And she would even laugh from time to time. I liked her, man. And she liked me. And I'd catch her staring at me out the corner of my eye. And when I would turn to her, she would keep staring at me. And her mouth would move like she was trying to say something. But she would never get it out. And I just laughed and it helped keep things light. And I knew she loved me and she was probably in love with me. Like, actually, a lot of these girls, you know, they was never really taught how to express themselves with their words, only with their bodies. And she finally told me the story. She said she worked for an old school guy who pimped her straight gorilla. And for y'all, you know, like I said, them gorilla pimps, they do most of their talking with their fists and foots. And she said when the freak first came, she liked him. Because he picked her, though, even though she had just got beat up real bad by a pimp. And said he nursed her back to health, actually. And she said he was a real blessing. Said he was, um, said he was going to set her free from her life. And he would even stop by and pay her pimp so he wouldn't get mad and come looking for her. She said she had feelings for her because no man ever treated her like that. Just imagine how bad of a life you'd have had when a man that was paying for your company was the best boyfriend you ever had. But eventually, like every relationship, when you see something in somebody that you, know, that you don't like, you kind of snap back to reality. And she saw the way he lived all alone in a hood that was mostly boarded up houses. And she saw he never got phone calls. She saw he never went outside until he had to. And he even got mad at her for sitting on the porch. And she realized that all he watched on the TV was news and murder investigation shows and crime documentaries. And all the um, warm, fuzzy feeling inside of her for the guy turned cold and dry. And one thing about folks in the streets is they sharp. Don't let the bad education fool you now. You can't slip nothing past them. And they could get you to believe they lies. 
<laughs> they get you to believe they last like it came from your own mouth. And she knew some when somebody showed you who they are, believe them. Don't get this guy the benefit of the doubt. If you did, it'd probably get you killed. So she waited till he went to sleep and headed to the front door, but he had the door locked from the inside. And the windows were barred, and the phone was on the nightstand next to him. So she went and tried to get to the phone, and he was sitting up in the room waiting on her. And asked, was she trying to leave the house? And she told her, you know, that he was like, this is the perfect place for her. I got it. You ain't got to go nowhere. He asked her, was she a liar like the rest? And told her that he had been testing her to see if she really loved him, to see if she was worth sparing. And he told her that he was the devil, come to the earth to find a woman that was suitable for him. Said she had to be willing to kill herself or sacrifice herself, as he put it, to prove her loyalty. He said he, he couldn't kill her. She had to do it herself. And he knocked her down and they fought for what she said felt like hours. And she was so out of it that she finally passed out from him choking her and woke up in that private prison he got. And every day she said she had to turn down his offer to sacrifice herself and rule the earth with him. I guess he did the same thing to my lady. You know? How could you be the same after something like that? The new girl trusted me now. And she started talking to me more and more about her past, her family, or I should say lack of family and everything. And she was ready to work the streets now. She was finally past the damage done by that monster. You know, not really past it, but at least enough that she can go out and make some money. And it was always easy to talk girls into making money. All I had to do was turn some music video on or take them to the drive-thru um, on the north side or something. But, you know, when they went up to the north side and seen them big old houses. <laughs> so. You want to stay in a house like that, Sean? If you want to stay in a house like that, this is what you need to do. How they gonna argue with that? Now my bottom chick found out about it and she came straight to me. And she never disrespected me like she did that day. She called me evil, greedy, selfish, lazy. Everything you could think of with cuss words sprinkled all up and through. And it hurt because I knew she was telling the truth, but what could I do? I'm a pimp. And pimp's pimp. That's just all it is to it. I kind of wish it was different. But everybody wished they was a better person than they really is. I know I messed up. But I knew her, you know, without her support, I could lose all my girls again. So if word on the streets was that Sweet lost his stable again, I don't know if I could recover like I did the first time. I have to move to another city or something, man. It's probably start up from scratch. But that could be easier said than done. You can't just close up shop and go open up a pimping business like it's a restaurant. I got to get my girls back, but I can't get desperate. I got to remember what uh, what, what Unc taught me. And he always asked me, how do you chop down a tree with an ice pick? And the answer is... A little at a time, day by day.
You never know how things going to play out in life. You can plan and plan, but until the junk actually start going down, it ain't no telling what's going to happen. All you can do is try to stay cool in the midst of it and <laughs> hope you get lucky. They call me Young Sweets and I'm getting older and wiser. But it get tougher every day to keep my stable in line. These girls is changing. They starting to model on the internet and find clients without ever meeting them. And I can't control it because they can do it anytime, anywhere. And they only want high dollar tricks now that show up, you know, when their wives are away with their parents or something like that. And I ain't got time for the, you know, they ain't got time, I mean, for the consistent, you know, broke losers that always got a few dollars to spend. You know, they had enough of the broke losers after one of them tried to force his way on a girl. <laughs> but I tell you one thing about that guy. He ain't know my bottom chick was around the corner and heard the screams and ran over there with the quickness. I took off behind her when I seen her running and I saw her run up on that guy with like a flying punch, man. He never seen nothing like it before, man. That thing almost knocked his head off, man. I could hear the smack of it from a block away. But I'm telling you, you could have, man, it echoed through the dang street, man. And he fell and she jumped on top of him. And um, I know she been training and a lot of stuff, but she must be taking some, some dang UFC lessons or something. Because she jumped on him and started coming down with straight elbows just over and over. And he was trying to cover up. But they was getting through anyway. And she finally, like, knocked the guy out, man. He just went limp. And I was in shock. It was like watching something out of a movie, man. And she kept hitting him until he just let out, like, this big, like, just holler, man. That must have been a thing she was talking about from the other guy. And I snapped out of it, you know, because it was like I was just watching a show or something. And I ran over there to stop her. She was still going. I said, baby, stop. You didn't probably kill this man. And I grabbed her and the other girl, and, and we got up out that alley. And I took them in for the night, and then the next day I rolled past where it happened, and I think the guy was still laying there. And I know somebody saw him there. Too many people passed by here to not have seen him at this point. But in the streets, folk, man, they own business sometimes, man. As far as they concerned, some homeless guy and got high, uh, drunk or something, and passed out. I couldn't tell her what she did was wrong, because if that guy had the chance, he would have done the same thing to one of my girls. Matter of fact, he was trying to hurt one of my girls. He just didn't know that the superpowered prostitute was looking out for my stable. Really, I was proud of her. She didn't let the game scare her away. She got bigger, better, faster, and stronger. And that's how you're supposed to do. Don't let the game run you away. Just learn to play the game better. And another thing I learned about the streets is that drama come to you in seasons. You have times where it's all love, peace, and hair grease. And then it's times of war. And then it's sometimes where it's war all the time. But a week later, one of the girls got into it with one of the other girls from some other pimp 
and uh, took a client. I fought block. You know, me and the pimps had a little agreement that, you know, this is my spot, this is your spot, whatever. You know, even the customers knew, was, you know, starting to know that girl from this block, blah, blah, blah. Now, they might have let it slide, but this guy drove a Mercedes. And they all knew it was a good payday if you played it right. So when my girls, you know, let her know what she did, she pulled out some pepper spray and shot him in the face. Then to add insult to injury, kept spraying him, even kicked one of them in the face while she was on the ground. But what she didn't know was that the superpowered prostitute was across the street, you know, watching and waiting for some action. Now, before I could get over there and straighten it out, she ran over there and kicked that girl's legs out from under her and started slamming her head on the ground. This was some animal stuff, man. Some Mortal Kombat fatality stuff, man. She slammed her head more times than I could count. And the other girl just went, the girl just went limp like a rag doll, man. And the sound of her head hitting that concrete just stayed in my mind. Every time I looked at the sidewalk, I hear that sound. And I pulled her off of her. And when I pulled her away, she was holding the girl so tight that she pulled the tracks right out of her head and halfway pulled the braids out. I got them out of there and hope nobody seen what happened. And I don't know, you know, the girl, but I know that she was fine before my girl used the concrete to put her to sleep. Her pimp gonna be ready to kill somebody when he see what happened. It was hurting my pockets bad because my girls, they was getting more and more independent. And when you messing with them executive guys, you don't need the same protection as blue collar guys. It just is what it is. They keep it professional even when they do their dirt because they don't need no issues. They got too much to lose. So now I was just nothing to them but like some old lame uncle trying to tell them what to do in life and they hardly ever listen to me. Whenever some jumped off bottom chick took care of it before I even knew something was going on. They looked at her like she the hero. She the pimp. I guess I'm paying for being nice. I might have tussled with a girl, you know, sometime a little bit, man. But I never just, like, beat the brakes off one of them. You know what I'm saying? Like the other pimps did. And the worst gorilla ain't had nothing on the ones, you know, who got their girls strung out on the heroin. You know, I ain't never put my girl, you know, I might put them on little pills and stuff, but I ain't never put them on that heroin. I ain't no coming back off that heroin, man. You know, I just use, you know, little stuff, man. Just enough to take the edge off, man. But them other pimps broke their spirit when they put them on that strong stuff. There ain't no fighting against that. I don't care how much working out you do. If I did get them strung out on stuff like that, they'd be mine forever. They'd never be able to shake that stuff or scratch the itch it'll burn into their brain. I felt like the new girl was the only one I really didn't want to lose. I could live with losing the rest of them. At this point, I didn't mind losing my bottom trick. I knew she was still in my stable right from under me, and maybe I should start with her. Maybe I should put something in her drink, make her fall asleep real hard, then come with that needle. If I get her messed up, I won't have to worry about the rest of these girls getting out of line. And I called her over to dinner. I had everything set up. I was going to drug her food. But when she got there, she said she ain't had time to eat. She told me it was something she wanted to say and she wanted my full attention. 
I already knew it. Here come the move. Here come the overthrow. She about to cut me clean out the picture. And I told her just chill for a minute, but she started talking. She said, I know things getting out of order, but I just want to let you know. I talked to all the girls and they want to leave you. Some of them not trying to be under you no more, but they still, you know, like having a guy that's supposed to have their back and stuff get out of hand, but they done with you. And they know you ain't like the other pimps. You ain't never beat none of us for real. Yeah, but hey. It's time for a change. It's time for a change, sweets. But this new girl will not work the streets. She been through too much out here. I knew if I let her win, I lost them all. And I knew if I didn't let her win, I would still lose them all. What she didn't know is that I loved this new girl like I loved her. And I don't know why exactly. I guess the fact that we both had the same nightmares. We both seen that pervert private prison and it broke us. And my bottom chick got strong after what she went through. In a real sick, twisted way, it was the best thing that ever happened to her. And I guess it just shows how we all don't know what will happen after we see the worst that the human race got to offer. I thought I was cold as ice inside. But I see that I'm, that what I'm exposing my girls to is the definition of evil. After me and her talked a few minutes about how everybody feel and stuff, she reached an agreement that if I put her um, out there, she could only work the hotel rooms and nothing in the streets. And I had to be at least close enough to hear her scream. And I agreed, and I don't know what I said to make her back down some, but like Aunt told me, 99% of the time, they just wanted to get a reaction out of you. And 100% of the time, you don't give it to them unless you're ready to break your foot off in them. And at the end of the day, Young Sweets is too smooth to lose. So I called the new girl in and told her tonight is her night. Told her to meet me at the castle. That's what I called my little um, sweet. And we would go from there. And she said that uh, she was already with a guy. And she'd still come back later after she left to give uh, me my cut. See, that's what it's all about, man. I got to remember to let these girls know that I love them. And I'm, you know, and in my old cold-hearted pimp, in my own, like, cold-hearted pimp way, and uh, they'll bend over backwards for me. All I gotta do is put my hand out and collect the money. <laughs> mm. That night I fell asleep with the window open, looking out the window, you know, listening to the city. And I was watching my street girls do their thing. The ones who worked for me been in the game for a while. And since, you know, some of these girls been in the game um, since before I, you know, before I got in, man. So all I had to do was just keep an eye out in case something crazy happened and we straight. Now, none of my girls did hard drugs, but they smoked as much weed and popped as many pills as they could. Because, you know, nobody wanted them felony arrests messing with that hard stuff. And I watched over them like I was some kind of king. But, you know, tonight I was, I was just satisfied, man. So I just went on, you know, I just... Went to sleep with a smile, man. I knew everything was going to be good. Now, in my sleep, I had a dream. I usually 
never dreamed dreams, but I guess when you woke up out of it real fast, you remember them. Now, in my dream, I was walking and people with faces that was familiar, but also people I'd never seen before. That's crazy, man. Only in a dream. You know, they kept giving me bad directions. And I kept getting turned down the wrong street, but I kept going back to these same people for directions. And that's when I woke up to my whole stable standing around the bed. And they all had purses in their hands, holding them like baseball bats. And before I fully understood what was going on, they started swinging at my legs. They had bricks in their purses. I set up screaming. They started beating me, and the hits came from every direction. It hurt so bad I couldn't even get a word out. Just, <laughs> I was in shock so bad. I guess I still really couldn't believe what was happening was actually happening. I was balled up in my bed, just wondering how much longer they gonna beat me. Right? Scared one of them was gonna hit me in the head. I tried my best to cover my head up, but my body was taken. You know, like I said, I wasn't no big swole dude or nothing, man. So if I ain't have a gun or something on me, so even with a weapon, I probably couldn't do nothing with all these women. So like Unc told me, once a woman scorned, and I never knew what scorn meant, but this got to be the result. All I could do was beg for them to stop, please. And that's when I heard my bottom chick tell them to hold up. I'm sorry, y'all. I didn't know what I was doing to y'all. Don't kill me, man. I'll go away. I'll leave y'all alone. Y'all free. And she didn't say a word. She just pulled me off the bed and dragged me to the middle of the floor. And she ain't say a word. She just... She just stood over me while the other girls laughed and she finally went and tore into me. And this girl started stomping on my head, man. And even though I was like covering up, it was, I was still getting dazed from like my, my head bouncing against the floor or whatever, man, just from the force of it. And she stomped me in my ribs, man. And I ain't got no meat on my ribs. And I knew like instantly she broke something off. I heard the pops and felt like her foot just like was sinking into my side, man. Ed to grab my side and when I did, she caught me with a stomp to the jaw, made my ears ring. And she got on top of me and started punching me. And not no wild and crazy punches, but like calculated, man. She took her time, man, broke my nose, made my forehead bleed into my eyes I couldn't see, busted my lip. And that iron blood taste was all up in my mouth, man. And I couldn't really see, but I, I think she took her elbow. And she hit me so hard with it, I went out. I just went out, man. And I don't know how many times she hit me. Because it's like I could hear it even though I was out. I couldn't feel it, but I could hear it. And I could feel, like, the pressure of it. And eventually, I think she hit me so hard that she woke me back up.
And she said, you still with us, huh? And I heard all the other girls laughing. Like I was telling you, I think this girl was sneaking and taking some classes or something. Cause I made a move to grab her leg and it wasn't even on purpose. I just did it off instinct. And she grabbed my arm and laid her knee across it. And I thought she was just gonna like pin me down like on some police stuff. And she yanked on it one time. And then sat on my arm and like snatched it over and over until she broke it. And at this point, I didn't even scream. I just shook my head and said to myself like, I know this girl ain't just put my dang arm in a camel clutch and just broke this mug like that. And then that pain kicked in. And I'm, my arm trick, my arm trick. Come on, what's wrong with you? And she said, let me take your mind off that pain. And she made her way over to my other arm. And I tried to tuck it up under my body, but she was too strong, man. This time she didn't yank on it. She just grabbed my little old arm, man. And she took her time and broke that mug slow, man. It's like she was just twisting the top off some barbecue sauce or something, man. And I heard some of the girls say they couldn't watch, but none of them told her to stop. Now, I know I was a bad guy, but was I that bad? Did I deserve all that? I never beat these girls. I never kept them from their family. I never got them addicted to no real hard drugs, and they turned on me like this. How could you even do that? How could you even do that to me? It ain't right. The pimp who took good care of his girls, get this, while all the dudes who pimp gorilla treat their girls, treat their women like trash with no consequence. And I finally thought it was over, but she still wasn't done. She picked up one of my legs, and I thought she was finna drag me out of the room or something. And she picked um, up her foot, and she kicked my knee out backwards. I'm talking about just with one smooth stomp, man. Just kicked my dang leg the wrong way. And I heard one of the girls throw up. And at this point, my voice was gone from... Just the fatigue of screaming and begging for my dang life, man. That's all I could get out. At this point, I was just watching, waiting to see what was next. I'm on the edge of my dang seat, man. I felt the pain all over my body, man. I could feel my heart beat all over. I could feel the blood running out of my veins. And she grabbed my other leg. And the first couple of kicks didn't do it. But she finally kept kicking until she put everything she had into one. And then that last one, that knee went. And the other girls, they was all quiet now. No more laughing. And I looked at them and they all looked back at me. But I couldn't really tell what they was feeling. Their eyes was empty. And again, she must have watched some WWF stuff, man, because she jumped up and dropped her knee on my head with all her body weight. And I felt my skull caving in. 
and I could hear my brain bouncing around from temple to temple. And after a few of them knee drops, I couldn't feel the pain no more. But I could feel the force of each blow. I couldn't hear. I couldn't taste the blood no more. I couldn't smell the blood no more. And then the world went black. And in the darkness, I could feel the pain, but it didn't hurt no more. I don't know how I survived. Nobody does. Months went by before I could actually like understand how serious my injuries were. I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to eat. I had to learn how to roll myself around the hospital. And I asked the nurses every day what happened to me. How did I get like this? And they never knew the answer. Nobody did. The doctors say I was beaten by at least probably like three men. And the police says probably it was a beef I had with somebody, somebody that wanted me to suffer, maybe even somebody who I made suffer. They treat me like I'm a suspect to my own attempted murder or something. Actually, this is a murder. Like the old me, whoever he was, was dead. They say I died multiple times, but I kept coming back. I was almost completely brain dead. And the nurses said they'd come talk to me and make up names for me and hold my hand because they couldn't track down no family. They said no job, no deed to any land. Uh, My ID and social and birth certificates was fake. No fingerprints in police databases, no mugshots. I was a real life ghost, man. Whenever the police or a social worker came, I'd get mad trying to talk to them because in my mind, I could hear myself clear. But when I tried to speak, the words came out broken. And I wanted to walk like normal and pick things up and stuff, but that never went planned as, you know, planned, never went according to plan. And my recovery was brutal. You know, I would work myself to death every day and cry myself to sleep every night. And I felt like I'd be better off dead than trying to keep up this process. My body wasn't normal no more. And I know the doctor's trying to keep me feeling good about my recovery, but I'm not stupid. I know what I know. And at nighttime, I had pain, and it was constant. All night, I could feel my heart beating everywhere where my body was broken. And I'm not sure what kind of movies and stuff that I used to like before, you know, I was killed. (laughs) But I couldn't watch things where people got beat up real bad. And I saw a movie where a man was beat with a bat on TV and my heart started beating all fast and my chest was getting tight and all this stuff was happening. And at first I thought like, you know, do I need some water? Like I thought maybe I was just thirsty or something, you know, but the nurses told me I was having a panic attack. So I spent most of my time watching stuff like them shows where they had white folks fixing houses and how they invest your money shows and invention shows, you know, lighthearted stuff. Educational stuff. Help me get my brain back right. And I like watching Shark Tank because I ain't know, you know, what skill I had before. But it made me, like, think about all the different things I could do, especially since I was pretty sure I'd never be back to full strength. 
I honestly don't even know if I was at full strength ever in my life before this happened. It's crazy how much come to your mind when you're in a situation like this. I see a love movie or something on the TV, and I wonder if I had a lady in my life that I love. I wonder if there's anybody out there that loved me. It'll feel so good to have somebody in my corner right now. Somebody that I know truly loved me and wanted to be there for me. I don't know who my first love was. I don't know what my favorite color is. All I know is what color I like now. I would ask the doctor about my memory, you know, would it ever come back? And, and he'd use some, you know, doctor talk stuff I can't really understand, but it always sounded like yeah, there's hope, but it's not going to happen. That's basically what I heard. And the whole hospital felt sorry for me. I guess some people wondered what kind of life I led before all this happened. But I guess most of them just said, even if I was a bad person, was I really bad enough to have what happened to me happen? It was just too far. Nobody evil enough like that, man. Like, really, what's the most I could have done? What could I have done to make somebody beat my whole head and face in like that? They say I got hit in the head multiple times, man. Like, just, they say it wasn't even, it was so many different, like, hairline fractures and my face was broke all over. They say they surprised they was even, you know, able to get any type of, you know, the scars, man. Just, you know, they say some of them might kind of go away, but. You know, I was going to have these scars for the rest of my days, man. And, um, of course, my injuries weren't just the way I looked, but my brain was just so slow. I could be right in the middle of something and completely forget what, I, what was going on. I would have to sit there until I remembered or just say forget it. I don't know what I'm going to do if they let me out of here. I don't know how I could be able to go into the world and work and survive and cook and clean and all the regular stuff you do. I'm scared to walk because I, you know, fell the other day and I ain't even make it all the way to the floor. But it scared me so bad I didn't want to risk, you know, it's like something else happening. I felt like if I hit my head or something, that's it. How much more could my dang body take? Oh man, I can't go through a setback that put me back in a hospital bed. I can't, man. But after a few months, I was finally able to walk, you know, with a cane and stuff. And my face and stuff was getting back to normal, I guess. I had a bunch of scars and stuff, but everybody told me how cute I was. <laughs> and since I walked around with a cane, folks called me pimping. And it's crazy because my mind still couldn't understand certain things. So I didn't understand why they called me pimping. But at the same time, I would just laugh because I wanted to fit in with everybody. And the state had a program to help me get on my feet. And I got a Section 8 voucher so I could get me a place to stay. And it was a real blessing, man. It's usually a long waiting list. But the government had just went ahead and pushed a bunch of apps on through. Now, I don't know what I believed in at first. 
But I know now I believe in Jesus, man. The preacher would come by my room sometimes and pray with me. And I ain't fully understand the concept of God at the time. But I understood that in my situation, I needed somebody to help me. I could never get anything in my life to go right with my body like this. I had to get somebody to help me. And I understood that's what God would do for me. I would sit in the window and look down at the people walking around and I would just pray and I pray for me and I pray for them too. It kind of felt good to be looking down at people out this window and I felt like I was helping them and they ain't even know it. Everything I do, I mean, everything I do hurt, but you know, at least I'm alive. I go out for walks, you know, different times a day, but it's depressing. You know, I have to stop every few feet like some kind of broken down old man. And I don't know how old I am, but it ain't, you know, I guess I'm about 30 or something. And it shouldn't be like this. This ain't fair. I know how bad things happen to everybody, I guess. But dang, man, Ooh, we 30 years old, can't walk down the block. But one night anyway, I was making my way down the block, struggling like usual. <laughs> and I saw a lady looking at me from down the block. I kind of got used to people staring at me. And I know it blow folks' mind to see a young boy struggling. Just to do something simple as walking. And I couldn't make it out, you know, now no detail on her because she wasn't in the street light and it was dark. So I stopped and sat down on the bench and just watched her. And I felt kind of embarrassed to be so dang weak, especially in front of a woman. And she started walking to me, and and uh, as she got closer, I took a good look at her. And I seen she had on a lot of makeup and a really strong face, man. But she was pretty, though. She had wide shoulders, you know, wider than a man. Big arms, and big, huge forearms. And her thighs and her button stuff... Looked like a side of beef hanging in the freezer. I was so nervous, I tried to start a conversation with her just out of fear. She was going to pick me upside down and shake the change from my pockets, man. So I said, it's a night night. It's a nice night out tonight, eh? And she looked at me confused for a second. And, um, but she ain't smiling nothing, you know, she just came closer. And I said, do I know you? And um, she just kept looking confused. And then, you know, her face relaxed. And she said, no. I don't think you do. You probably would have remembered somebody like me. And I don't know if it was a joke or not. But she ain't laughing when she said it. Her voice kind of broke a little bit. And I ain't laugh either. So, you know, I just matched her energy. I asked her did she want to sit down, and she did. And the bench squeaked under her weight. I saw she had scars on her on her knuckles and elbow. And she started talking. You ever hate somebody so bad that you spend all your time thinking about them? And then it's like when you finally get them out of your life, you don't feel better about it. You feel like nothing. I'm a fighter, and I've been fighting all my life. I done beat everybody who ever got in my way. 
everybody who hurt me. But what does it all mean? Maybe it's my fault that I'm here in the first place. Maybe I should have listened and maybe I'm wrong for blaming other people. I still was kind of nervous around her, so I just went along with it, uh, what she was talking about. And I said, well, uh, uh, I, you, I, I know what you mean. Sometimes I get mad about what happened to me. She said, what happened to you? I told her, I, I really don't know. All the police came up with is that somebody tried to rob me one night in a hotel. I was a drug dealer or something. Maybe I was a really bad guy. I guess I was. Ain't no need in pretending like I won. Police told me they couldn't find nothing on me. Only a, a, a criminal would go so much to keep their then secret like that. They say like three. <laughs> they say like three guys came in and beat me to death. Basically, she said, "How did they beat you to death, and you still here?" I told her, "The old me, the old me, dead at least. This new, the new me, trying to fi figure out how to live, but it's hard. No, no, nothing makes sense to me." Line upright. And the more I'm learning, the more I'm getting confused. I don't understand. But I feel like God wanted me to have another chance. He wanted to save me. I'm so hard-headed that he had to let the, the let 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 the devil break me in order for me to listen. I turned to her and she was crying, and I said, D -d 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 "Don't cry. Don't be sad." Because now I see whatever we went through in the past his way of making us stronger. So maybe he didn't let the devil loose on me. Maybe he sent an angel to beat some sense into me. <laughs> After I said that, she laid her head in my lap and kept crying. And she said, I always loved you more than I loved myself. <laughs>